Hey everybody, John here. Before we start the episode, if you could just go and subscribe, rate, review, you know, give us a little love. It helps people find the podcast. We're trying to grow our audience. We would really appreciate it. Thanks. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Moving Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host, John Ruby. I'm here with my main man. Corbin Quo. Hey, everybody. God, I'm excited to be here. <laughs> it's fun, right? Yeah. I've been looking forward to this one. I'm yeah. super excited for our guest. This is someone I've known for a long time. I actually looked up my first audition with him, which we will discuss a little bit later. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, email got, has everything. Now. <laughs> um, so, but before we get to that, um, which I'm super excited to get to, I have a fun topic, Corbin, which is... What is something that like was supposed to be helpful or maybe your parents were trying to be like, this is what we do when you're a child. And it turns out like it really isn't. And like mm. an example I'm thinking of is I just heard this thing about, you know, finishing all the food on your plate. Like mm. that was always a thing. And now they're talking more and more about like kind of eat until you're full or even less than full. Mm -hmm. And so kind of like that overeating because you have to finish everything on your plate. And I, I, completely agree with that like you know just because there's like a ton of food on your plate doesn't mean you should scarf it all down yeah i actually my mom i had a, a babysitter when i was younger for only like a little bit like a month or something because she came home and she was like finish all your food and was like shoving food in my mouth i was just like about to <laughs> explode and she's like yeah you're fired you're obviously fired <laughs> and then, um but yeah so that that one's true like i've always felt that way where like when you feel full that's actually not a good sign. That's just like you're no. reaching the limits of your stomach size rather than actually being like, oh, this is a sustainable amount right now. Yeah, yeah. and they're even talking more and more kind of like calorie restriction, which can be hard. Mm. It's kind of helping with longevity, you know, so not, you know, eating till you're even full in a sense. The other one I was thinking about is I remember in high school, as going back, like during basketball practice, they would not let us get water. It like meant you were weak. So uh, it's so funny that like hydration was like you. frowned upon. One. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, like I mean, you get water, be like, that's it. You know, that's way too long. And you're like, well, if you think about it now, it's like, it makes sense for athletes in a sense to be <laughs> yeah. hydrated, right? One. Like you'd want to let them, because I think they thought, you know, it was like taking too much time away or something. So I thought that was always a problem. Yeah, that is a strange one. I don't think that happened when I was in sports, but like I also did volleyball, so it was a little less intense, I guess. So I don't know. But the the one that I the the one that comes to mind when you're asking me this question is uh, uh, cracking your knuckles. My mom used to always be like, "Don't do it. It's gonna make give you arthritis and like whole thing." And apparently that's completely false. Like you can't like you just it can make your grip weaker. I feel like mine's fine, but like I just yes. I crack my knuckle all day long. Like I just can't help myself. But that one. Oh, that's been, a good one. I do remember that. Yeah, like, yeah, that was definitely one of like yeah, because isn't that like air? Yeah, I think so. I think it's like a, like a little yeah. pocket in your hand. I think it's not good. The reason why you shouldn't crack it is because it makes your hand swell, but it doesn't actually give you arthritis. Doesn't give. You yeah, <laughs> I hope. I mean, I'm still crossing my fingers. Right, right. <laughs> so funny how some of that stuff just evolved. You know? Oh my gosh, that's a good one. Yeah, the yeah the cracking knuckles. I remember. Yeah, people at school used to do that. They could really make it pop and stuff. Yeah, so. for sure. Um, I love that. Well, um, like I said earlier kind of teased it. I'm super excited about our guest today. Mm -hmm. uh, I've known him for a while. He's he's extraordinary, super talented. I want to welcome to the show casting director, Michael Donovan. Michael, welcome to the show. Yay. Thank you so much for asking me. <laughs> yeah. Of course. So glad you're here. Michael, anything, 
anything that pops in your head is like, as far as like finishing your plate, anything in that world that uh, makes you know, it, you were talking about dad and mom's advice. Uh, mine comes a little bit later as a young man. when my dad said to me, you know, real people don't become actors. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a big one. That is a big one. That, that is, is going to be the title of the book at some point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> where was that, Michael? Where, what, what, what state or where were you living? Uh, well, at that point, let's see. I grew up in New Jersey, right outside New York City. And at that yeah. point, I think we were on Long Island. And yeah. uh, so I listened after college and uh, took a business career for a while. And mm -hmm. oh, my God, what a mistake. I was, good. <laughs> I was really good. I was the number one salesman and all this crap and everything else. And I was miserable. And somebody said, come with me to an audition. I'm like, oh, that's ridiculous. You know, and of course, I booked it and she didn't. And <laughs> Nice. <laughs> that is, <laughs> Michael, I didn't realize that you were doing the bit. Yeah, that's that's the same thing I did in Chicago was I was in a cubicle with no windows and I was like doing like human resource research and I was like, oh, this is driving me crazy. You I was know? telling I you estate planning and corporate pensions and all kinds of stuff that I knew nothing about. But you know. as an actor, you know, you can kind of, yeah, you sell it. <laughs> <laughs> you use every that you have as an actor and you fake your way until you get somewhere and that's kind of what i was doing so when i left that job um uh, <laughs> i don't i can't even imagine how much it would be now i mean in terms of today's dollars but it was it was like uh six figures then and that, that was a mm. long time ago so and i left to go take a 150 dollar a week uh, acting job and <laughs> And, and you told your my, dad, you called him and said, dad, I've made it. Yeah, I've done my, it. My father was, and my boss were both apoplectic. And I was like, well, <laughs> get over it. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> so I'm just curious then, Michael. Um, so were you on the East Coast? What what brought you over then to the West Coast eventually? Um, I actually, uh, it's kind of a long story. I was, uh, my husband was up for another Broadway show for the fourth or something time. And he came home and he was like, they cut me again after eight hours. And so he was uh. like, uh, we've been talking about LA for a while and we thought, eh, yeah. let's give it a shot. So we ended up out here thinking it was going to be an experiment. And mm -hmm. I found that I really loved it. And I was like, I was a New Yorker, man. <laughs> Come on. No. So, um, and um, just the weather, everything, you know, it just, it's a lot easier to survive here. But boy, we had a baptism of fire when we moved here. Literally everything we shipped out was lost. Literally everything. Oh, no. Uh, um, yep. Everything. Uh, we lost. I mean, think about it. Literally everything you own is gone. Um, and um, so uh, <laughs> first apartment was a disaster. First car was a disaster. We thought, <laughs> oh, my God, what have we done? And we gave up this beautiful apartment on the Upper West Side and in New York. And But things turned around and um, we ended up being uh, very happy here. So. And we're still together, which is amazing. <laughs> yeah, you survived. Yeah, yeah the relationship survived it. Yes. Yeah. Do you go to New York often still? Do you go visit? Yeah, I get back about uh, two or three times a year and do some casting there occasionally. And uh, I love it. Uh, I, I absolutely love New York. Um, but living here is a little easier. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit. Yeah. Do you, do you think? Come on. Going to an audition. Uh, Towards the Hudson River in February is sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean?
I remember, yeah, Michael, I spent a month of July in New York and I kind of romanticized it. And then I could be going to an audition in a suit and I just like soak through that suit. You know what I mean? Like it was so hot. And like, uh -huh. I was used to like getting in my car and turning on the air conditioning, you know, like setting up your own environment, you know, and you couldn't do that, you know, cause I was taking, and so you're, you're right. I think the ease it becomes of like wusses living here. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we get, we get soft. Um, right. So 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 then with acting you're doing you um, you're doing acting stuff and then how did kind of casting come into your come into your life um i was still acting when we moved here and directing um yeah. i've been directing it in the back east as well and i directed a show in hollywood um it was a theater company called west coast ensemble which was one of the really top theater companies in town and i was directing a show for them and uh casting director came backstage and said um i really love the direction would you be interested in directing casting sessions hmm. I had no idea what she was talking about <laughs> yes <laughs> but like yes of course and you know so um i said yes and she hired me two days later <laughs> so i was like hmm i guess i better figure this out so um it was commercials it was uh beth holmes and um oh, beth holmes. and um did uh ton of stuff for her and then Megan Foley was uh partnered with her in the studios at the time and I started working with Megan and it just started to take over my life it was uh I found within a relatively short time I was at auditions thinking about what was on my desk at the casting office and I went mm, gotta pay attention to that and so eventually I sort of eased out of acting and um uh, it was all commercials at first and Gosh, now I've done, I don't even know. I, I don't cast commercials anymore, but I think I cast up about 1,200 commercials, something crazy like that. And then oh, wow. moved into theatrical casting. Um, um, and the theater thing just <laughs> was amazing how it just came at me. I Because that was my whole background. My degree was in, I have a double major in uh, English and, and uh, drama with a minor in music. So the whole thing about theater was just a natural progression, but I didn't think what's this casting theater thing? <laughs> so, uh, and, um, and then I just I found that I absolutely loved it, loved it, still love it, still love it passionately, um, which is pretty extraordinary to, um, you know, and I hear so many people get so bored and jaded with their jobs. And, and I, I love what I do. I, I, every day I love what I do. So I'm very lucky. That's great. What is, yeah. what is something that you learned like day one that you still use to this day compared to oh, now good. day? You know? That I wish I had sat in on casting sessions. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this the, the, guys, everybody needs to do this. You will like your head will spin how much you will learn in a matter of hours watching actors shoot themselves in the foot, uh, watching actors make brilliant choices, watching actors make terrible choices, watching actors not listen at all to redirection, <laughs> to fight redirection, to... Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, uh, to walk in without a picture and resume, to walk in unprepared, to being rude to the uh, assistant in the lobby. I mean, it's like you you go, <laughs> you know, you, you can't write this stuff. It's just like, it, and to actually see it and experience it, to understand, um, and the, in the positive way, to understand objectively that it isn't about you, the person. And, you know, you hear that at every seminar you hear that in every book yeah, but it's really true it's not about you the person i'm not rejecting you the person you are just all the things you hear too tall too short don't don't feel right on some weird level which is such a subjective thing but to to watch a session and go you know i wouldn't cast me either mm. that person's better for the role you know and to see it and to understand that 
you know, when it comes down to callbacks, we're not choosing like there's only one person who can possibly do that. You know, what brilliant people are we saying no to today? And that's a lot of what you have to hang on to as an actor. If you're getting callbacks on a regular basis, you're doing it right. Now it's just a question of is it your turn, you know? And um, and I think that you get that clearly by watching a session. So I, I really recommend to everybody to, if you can intern for a couple of days, offer to, you know, run people in and out of the lobby, just watch a Zoom session, anything you can do that uh, to get, you know, sort of behind the table um, and uh, and see what's happening. Yeah, I know John and I have done some like casting stuff on the side, like for like theater projects and everything. And it's been really eye opening for me just on the tech side, let alone being in the room side. Like it's just it's you guys are juggling so much at all times that I, I can't believe I didn't know that before. And and the tech thing never changes. I mean, in, in the time that I've been doing this, how this has dramatically changed. The fact that we're even talking like this is amazing. Um, uh, it's 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 a good thing in that I can see more people now than I could before because all sessions, well, pretty much our first round are are some sort of self tape, even in theater. Um, so whereas before, you know, I had a two hour window to squeeze in this role so I could see, you know, I don't know, eighteen people or something, and and now I can see as many as I want, and so it does open up the options. Um, but what it has also done is open up how many submissions I get. And the strike, you guys. Oh, my God. <laughs> the strike has swollen the submissions like I've never seen before. Wow. Really? We just did. Uh, we just finished casting The Rainmaker. Uh, it's a brilliant play. And, and I know a lot of people want to do it because it is brilliant. The role of Lizzie. Okay. For just the role of Lizzie, we got 1,100 submissions. Ooh. That's wow. just role. Okay. Then there were all the other roles. So, uh, yeah, it's a little insane right now. Um, but, you know, I understand people want to work. And, and uh, uh, I hope that once the strike ends that people will still want to do theater. Uh, because I think it's a, you know, L.A. In, in many ways is the perfect place to be because you can mix it up. You can do theater. You can do film. You can do TV. You can do commercials. You know, not that you can in New York, but I think um, it's a little different there. And um, and yeah, yeah. I think Michael. Uh, I totally agree. And and I think um, you know there is such lovely theater in LA that's going on. And I and I I love that you're getting more like you got more submissions, which is great. Yeah. And I think it's like yeah, it's people sometimes don't don't realize it, or they've like been burned once, and so that then they just like you know, and 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 they shouldn't because it's such a lovely. I always tell you know, like my students like theater is such an actor's medium. You know what I mean? Like once the curtain goes up at the beginning, it's like the actors are you know get to get to really you know play and be there and all these things. And I, I feel like even in the audition process is like you know when you send out sides, it's like you'll send out a couple like meaty paid. The roles are always really meaty. You know what I mean? It's rare where you're auditioning like a one-line thing like it just doesn't yeah. happen really you know what i mean and i think doesn't that's exist like, anymore yeah no and yeah. i think that's really a lovely do you think there's a difference um because i know you've done some like tv and film stuff and sure. you, you know, do you think there's a difference between auditioning for tv and film and um theater yeah i do i think that uh, um are we talking self-tape or are we talking live oh that's a um well, that's a good question. Let's like let's... i can tell you a couple, one of my yeah. thoughts you know again these are all my opinions so yeah next person can disagree with me um but uh i think in a self-tape situation um the framing that you should be doing is the typical headshot you know about mid chest shoulders and just above the head i think for theater i recommend that you pull back a little bit 
Mm-hmm. Just kind of like, you know, maybe things are not quite waist up, but, mm-hmm. you know, maybe like belly button up or something. So it gives you a little more room to be a little bit more expressive, a little a little bigger in size. I mean, obviously depends on what you're, what you're reading for, but mm-hmm. but I think that's the in terms of self-tape. In terms of um, a callback situation, yeah, it's about size, but it's also, you know, theater a lot of theater uh, is in a small environment. Some of the theater stuff that's happening in LA is in pretty small spaces. And if you're playing to the rafters, well, you know, <laughs> that's not going to work. So you got to, I think, know about what your venue is. Mm. Um, I think it's about energy. Uh, I think it's also about um, the theater actor knows how to sustain a character very well. I think, that's I think good. the film actor sometimes knows how to, you know, turn it on for that two, three minute scene, you know, mm-hmm. um, where, like you said, like once that curtain goes up, John, that curtain's up. Mm-hmm. If that door doesn't open, deal with it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that person looks at you, deer in the headlights, has no idea what the next line is, deal with it, you know? Yeah. And, and I think a theater actor, uh, you know, kind of knows how to do that particularly well. I, I was, I tell the story a lot. I, years ago, there was an NAACP awards um, in, in LA and Lawrence Fishburne was winning an award. And uh, he stood up and said, in Los Angeles, he said, in his opinion, an actor who has not been on stage is not an actor. Mm. And I thought, wow, it's a pretty risky thing to say in LA, but yeah. So, and mm. I had the pleasure of working with him. Uh, we did Fences at Pasadena and Playhouse and oh, he's wow, amazing. Wow. So, yeah, That's yeah. Really Morris Fishburne and Angela Bassett it was in a really crappy cast. <laughs> Terrible. Just, Terrible. Just garbage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, Pasadena Playhouse. Yeah. Didn't they just win? Um, they just won uh, they an award, right? Yeah. Which is, which is they won a Tony. Yeah. They won a yeah. Tony. Yeah. Which is which is wonderful. Yeah. Um, Thirty nine shows at Pasadena Playhouse. So. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Michael, you're 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 the man around here uh, with theater yeah. and stuff. You you're, you really uh, are. How do actors, Michael, if they kind of want to like stay on your radar, mm-hmm. how do they do that? You know what I mean? Like what is, you know, uh, we kind of hit on it a little bit with auditions, but like, you know, sometimes I think that's one of the things, uh, you know, how do they kind of stay in the Yeah, it, it's it's tough, but I think the thing to do is make sure I know if you're in things, invite me to shows that you're in, make sure I know that you're, uh, you're working. I think all those things... Uh, you know, one time under a casting director's nose, it's not going to sink in. It's you have to kind of you know stay at it. Why are you not submitting for things? You know, um, uh, almost everything we do is on breakdown and actors' access. We don't hide stuff. We just don't. So we're really out there. And if it's an equity job, it's also on Broadway World, Playbill, Backstage. Uh, I think I'm missing one. Uh, the Equity website. So it, there's like no kidding around it. We, we're there. Submit. Uh, and the other thing too, John, and you, I think, touched on it a little bit already. Um, uh, the open call thing is is something that uh, people do not take advantage of. Mm. You go to an open call in New York City. <laughs> we used to get up, get on the train, go down, sign in at a list that already had over a hundred people on it, <laughs> and then you know go back home and shower because we had hours to go before, we <laughs> and maybe we would get seen, and maybe we wouldn't, you know. Um, and yet I'll do an open call out here. I did a five hour open call at CTG center theater group, Mm -hmm. 
27 people. Really? Oh, and it's like, what? Yeah, why you know, that? it's like, how can that be? You know, and yeah, depending on the, you wanted them to learn a monologue. They don't want to learn a monologue. They don't want a monologue. It's too much. Exactly. Too, oh, much. That's too much work. <laughs> you know, and the thing about it, so what you're doing too, when you go to an open call, you got to think about those people are doing lots of other things. They're not just doing that job. So you're meeting those people for this particular one and everything else that they're doing too. So that's something I really recommend that people take advantage of. Uh, and you want actors say, well, it's equity. How am I going to get in? Okay, here's the deal. We start a non-equity list, okay, and you filter them in. Mm-hmm. And because the equity people don't fill out the times, there's almost always room. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and I try to remind people, Michael, with that, I always feel like uh, when I worked in casting too, we get excited when you find people that you're excited about. Do you know what I mean? Like when you're like, when someone comes in and you're like, I never heard of this person, like, and then yep. they're good. You're like, oh my God, like, this is Absolutely. exciting. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, 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 and, and I, I know people have heard this, but it's like casting directors, they do, they do want you to get the job, but they, they get excited because they're like, you know, they want it to be a good audition. They want it to be an interesting actor. And so, you know, when you talk about stuff like that, it's like, well, if you're good and, you know, you got to find the way to kind of get that exposure, right? I've said it many times, John, that the, uh, when, when I can find somebody in an open call or a class or whatever it might be that I'm excited about and I can bring them to a producer and the producer or director says, yes, I honestly, I, it's the same feeling I have when I book something as an actor. It feels that good mm-hmm. because it's it's this amazing opportunity that I was able to provide for somebody yeah. and that actually paid off. So mm. uh, yeah, we do. There's look, there's, there's certainly a few bad apples in my business. <laughs> <laughs> uh but uh i think most casting people are yeah nice people and they really do want you to succeed the thing about wanting you to succeed is it makes our life easier we get the job done sooner you know yes you know corbin if you nail it on the first day i'm like yay (laughs) go on break let's get lunch love that what do you what do you look for for people who do nail it in the room, I know this is kind of like a subjective question and it's also weird because it depends on the role and stuff, but like, is there something palpable in the room? Is it that they take a big choice? Is it like, what are you kind of looking for when you're like, this is it? The bookers are the ones who are making specific choices. Mm. And it's all about specific choices. I don't care what the medium is, it's specific choices. I don't have to agree with your choice. I really don't. But if you walk in with sort of a general vague, thing it's fine mm-hmm. you know there's it, it i'm not i'm not saying you know people misinterpret this when i say this they always think oh i, I want you to make an outrageous choice i didn't say outrageous mm-hmm. outrageous is thinking outside in right mm-hmm. there's nothing organically truthful about outrageous but specific is quite organic what is truth for you now that may come across as outrageous to some people well maybe that's appropriate for you mm-hmm. so i want truth for you i don't I catch actors listening outside the room sometimes about what's going on. And it's like, I want to go, what do you, Corbin, what do you care what notes I'm giving to John? Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> you and John are going to do it very differently. I hope, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. so, so it's it's like, uh, don't worry about what other people are hearing. Worry about what you want to do, what you think is appropriate. We are going to cast one person. Show it. Show us why it has to be you. That's your goal. Mm-hmm. Tell me why it has to be you. So, 
Um, it's about specific choices. It's about being prepared. It's about there's so many things, but you know, we're pretty good as John can attest that, um, about getting you the information. So like if we provided the script and you didn't read it. <laughs> yeah. Why would I hire you? <laughs> why would I hire you? Yeah. You start to ask questions that tell us you didn't read the script. Mm -hmm. You know, it's okay if you say, okay, so I'm trying to understand between the relationship between the brother and sister. They, you think that they're close or you think they're always fighting. Yeah, that's a different thing than saying, oh, wait. She's my sister. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. Um, so Michael, I did a little, uh, like I mentioned earlier, I did a little research and um, the first audition you brought me in for, this is going to be good. This is good. Was something called centered in the universe. Do you know what this was for? God. Okay. Oh. You're going to, when I give you more clues, they were looking for hosts at the Griffith observatory. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So this was 2006. I can't even. I don't even want to say it out loud, Michael. You were 12. I was 12. Beautiful. <laughs> and they were looking. They were looking for hosts to kind of for the planetarium and stuff like that. Do you remember I doing think this the show? Job? Was still going on. I think, I the think show it still is. I think it still yeah. is. Too. And it, it was a long monologue of like yeah. you know, you know. But uh, I think they held like these glowing globes because I think I went up there once. And stuff. But do you remember casting that? Not that you I remember. remember it. You know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh my God, that was. That's a while ago. Wow. Yeah. I can't remember the producer's name on it, but I do remember it because I made the mistake of saying Griffith Park Observatory and almost got my head bitten off. It's Griffith Observatory. It is not <laughs> oh, Griffith Park Observatory. I'm like, all right. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was kind of a cool gig because it was one of those jobs that was, you know, you could still do other things and there yep. was a, there was going to be several hosts. So there was yes. a rotating thing. So somebody could cover your butt if you had, you know, if you got an audition or something. And uh, yeah. yeah, that was, uh, wasn't a bad little gig. So no, no, I was, I remember that. I remember getting that. Yeah. And I was, I was excited. But you didn't get it, huh? No, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. Uh -huh. I hate that place. I tried to burn it down. <laughs> uh, no, but, but you know, what's interesting is I've auditioned for you for a lot of jobs I didn't get and some I did get. And I think yep. that's an interesting thing to keep in mind is that, you know, I've always loved when I go in for an audition and I get to see you in there and I know you're, you know, you're, you're pulling for the actors and you remember and you remember who's good and who's not. And I think that's like such a great reminder, um, you know, for actors to keep that, to, you know, to, 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 to do that. And, you know, if you're doing good work, it's being seen. And just like you said, sometimes the role and the actor don't always, you know, line up and that's okay. And sometimes you're just trying something to see, you know, it's just kind of a wild yeah. idea. Let's see what happens here. And, and sometimes that pays off. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what you said about always doing good work, that's, that's so important, John, is that if you're always doing good work, then we feel confident about bringing you in. I don't mm -hmm. keep track of how many jobs you booked or didn't book. Mm -hmm. I keep sort of track about, are you doing good work? Because then I feel confident to bring you into my clients, you know, and I feel I'm happy to present you as a possibility. Yeah. Um, and and then it also gives me the uh, ability to talk about you, because uh, that's something that I think actors maybe don't realize, too, is that, you know, when you leave the room in a callback after a callback, it's like, well, what do you know about this guy? You know, uh, have you ever worked with him before? All that kind of stuff. Um, so if they're interested there are things to talk about and i can say yeah you know I, I can point to things you booked or point to things you were almost you know or you were the very next choice and you know all that stuff so um yeah 
So and you I think some- about, yeah, I, okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm babbling here, but you know, don't think about it as that audition guys. Think about it as that career. Mm-hmm. You have to understand that these are all steps in your career and you'd never know when that little step that you took, when you were so prepared and did great work, bore fruit, mm-hmm. maybe years later. You know, but at some point it absolutely does bear fruit. Yeah, it's interesting you're saying that, Michael, because I'm just thinking I see that with uh, some of my students, with the ones who consistently put in the work, get better and better and better. And you can tell the ones that are putting in the work outside and the ones that are just showing up for class, you know, and and, 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 but you see it, even if they don't feel that much different, you just, you see it and you can feel it, you know what I mean, with what you're saying. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah. There are some people who are brilliant at winging it. They just are, just particularly good at it. Um, and uh, the problem with those people is that they fool us because they did well at the audition. But then when you get them into the actual rehearsal space, they don't have the chops. They don't have the the work ethic. They don't have the... Uh, uh, the background that they should have for about for the character they haven't studied enough they're not they're not ready you know and and sometimes those people get fired you know because uh they did fool us so I, again just always do good work just you know be prepared My, be that how, guy what's your relationship when you're doing a casting i'm just curious i'm kind of more interested for myself a little bit how do you handle it usually with like the director and the producer because you know usually a lot of times they're two different people are 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 you do you usually feel like the producer's got their opinions on casting and so does the director and you're kind of balancing that or more the direct like how do you kind of handle that it's a bit of a balance um it depends on uh, a little bit of you know the power struggle that uh, you know who who has the uh, ultimate say uh, I think a smart producer makes sure that his or her director gets what he or she needs I think that's a smart producer but I think also you know if the producer feels this is you know way off what uh, he or she wanted then that's where it becomes a bit of a a, a tussle if you will but and and so I am there to, the job is very clearly stated, casting director, I direct the casting. So it is, mm-hmm. I direct that process. And I kind of, I mean, I guess you could say I manipulate a little bit. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, um, I'll kind of make sure that they feel that they arrived at the decision that I didn't tell them what their decision should be. I made that mistake early on in my career where I would, you know, wax rhapsodic about some actor and watch them, you know, just kind of like, well, can't be that good, you know, or something. It was, <laughs> sure. it was so interesting to watch that happen. And I went, Oh, I can't do that. Okay. So depends on my relationship. You know, at this point I've got some long-term relationships, you know, and I can turn to certain directors and say, you don't need to call back 15 people. You know, it's going to be one of these three, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> and so yeah. uh, let's, let's just do that. So, but, yeah. Once in a while I can talk somebody into uh, an offer situation if they have a history with somebody, but mm-hmm. uh, that's not so easy to do. Um, and then you get to the star thing. The star thing is a whole other thing. And uh, it's the, uh, my least favorite part of my job is chasing after stars. So right. I'd much rather be in the trenches, you know, working with just really great actors and 
getting to play with them every day is, uh, you know, I get to hear actors do these beautiful scenes or sing gorgeous songs and it's just there's nothing like it i go home at the end of the day and i'm completely wiped out but i you know i laughed i cried i, I mean it was like <laughs> yeah. it, there's nothing like it so mm-hmm. do you find there's a big difference between casting in la and new york or is it more or less kind of the same no it's different we had i just had a conversation with a friend of mine who's becoming uh more successful as a director in new york and, and um I'm not going to say who it is. It's not fair, but uh, he and I were, were chatting about, he did an audition recently and the team at some point turned to him and said, huh, it's very LA energy. <laughs> he was like, thank you. What does that mean? Right? <laughs> yeah, what does that mean? And, he, and they said, well, you're really nice and friendly to everybody. Oh, and interesting. Went, wow. Oh, he had very LA energy. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it was, it was, uh, yeah compliment but they were acknowledging that it's different it's different so i i think um i mean it's been a long time since i was an actor in new york but uh the auditions were a little more business i think i think they still are a little bit more business i think in in new york especially if you're up for a broadway show you're up against the cream of the crop and um so you either have it or you don't have it um here i think where an actor in los angeles is doing you know both film and television and theater we don't expect them to have you know those super duper chops all the time you you have to kind of bring them back up for whatever you're working on so Mm. it's a little different i think it's a little it's a little warmer here a little friendlier here i think a little more um open here perhaps is is the right word how do you, Michael, because I know you do, you you cast musicals and stuff like that. How does it, um, how do you work it? Or, you know, I'm just kind of curious if like, if someone's in a different city, mm-hmm. you know, like, 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 you know, are they, are they letting you know that right away? Or are they like, I can figure out, I can be a local, you know, I can get there, you know, yeah. or if the theater's a little further away. I feel like that's an interesting thing right now because kind of people can't self-tape from other areas. How yeah. is that, how are you seeing that kind of play, play out? I had a conversation with an agent who was talking during pandemic. She realized that, um actors didn't really have to be in la or new york anymore as long as they were willing to get there for the callback and it's like yeah it's true it really is true um i mean pounding the pavement in new york where there are a lot of auditions to go to is a little different but here you don't really do that so much but uh yeah i need to know ahead of time if an actor is not local uh if an actor is um you know uh, doing their self-tape in Arkansas or something. I, and I mean, I do need to know that. Uh, but you can, you know, a lot of people have local housing. Um, and yeah, that's fine. Some of the theaters that I work for uh, provide housing. If you are a certain number of miles away from Los Angeles, Laguna Playhouse, Ensemble Theater, Santa Barbara, uh, uh, Arizona Theater Company, I mean, they provide housing. So then I don't care where you're from. doesn't matter. As long as you, can, again, can get here. And even sometimes then... <clears throat> excuse me, even sometimes then the callbacks are sometimes on Zoom. It's not ideal for theater to have the callbacks on Zoom, but we've done it. Because um, what you miss is that, you know, that energy of somebody walking into the room and how they present themselves and just their physical body and all that stuff. So, yeah, but we make it work sometimes. Yeah. That answer? 
questions on my short did. <laughs> I totally did. No, that was great. That was great. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's that. No, that's the interesting truth of it now is you can live in other places and still audition and be connected and you just got to make sure you can get your butt there when they say we need you there for the callback or we need you there for rehearsal and not yeah. be like oh well now i've got these issues it's like well no get get yourself there so yeah i think that's uh i always yeah, recommend that actors have um a credit card that is literally nothing more than your acting credit card if you will it's your it's only used for the things that you absolutely need as an actor and in, in an emergency where you have to get on JetBlue the last minute where you have to buy a certain outfit because you know it's going to make a difference uh an acting class that you need to take something uh, an emergency like you mentioned the singing like you know you want you want to take an emergency casting emergency uh, singing lesson with Mary Jo Dupre or something so I mean you have that that card that that's what it's for and you have to make sure that you I, I knew one actor who left it in a chunk of ice in their freezer <laughs> so <laughs> i thought it was like you know it's a little drastic but <laughs> i love i love that image and then let it thaw out when they need it all right come yeah, on, when i need the, it, the, the blow, i wanted to ruin the credit it. card though by doing that <laughs> <laughs> so uh, but yeah but you know that. then then you know it gives you some freedom if i have to go to new york at the last minute i can yeah. mm -hmm. you know yeah so yeah and then do you usually try to go to like opening night of a play or th musical you've cast michael do you try to try to be there I, I see everything that i cast uh i go to a lot of openings uh sometimes for some of the theaters they have uh what's called a talk back i'm sure you guys have been to those in which the cast comes out and some of the team comes out too so i'll if i don't go to the opening i will go to the talk back and i'm part of the talk back uh with the audience and mm -hmm. um i like doing those uh because uh, a lot of times the audience has a lot of questions about casting about the process because they don't know how it works and uh it's fun to do that and, and then and yeah, we're getting yeah. near the end here but can we talk about your partner in crime can we talk about richie for a second how did you connect with richie because richie's amazing love, yes richie's, i love, my I love richie. richie too me too Richie started out as my intern uh see there you go and then became my assistant then my associate and now he's a full-time casting director and uh wow uh we've been together 11 and a half years he's the best um i i i love him dearly um he's got great taste he's uh, got a incredible work ethic uh Everybody loves Richie. He knows how to make people feel comfortable, and um, yep. Yep. Uh, he's just—he's uh, one of the good guys in the business. So I'm very lucky to be working with him. You know what's so funny about that is I remember your assistant before Richie, and when he left, I was like, or she—I can't remember now. I'm trying to think who it was, but I know you know. But I was like, oh, I miss him. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, Richie. I'm like, no, I love Richie. No, this is good. <laughs> I just like it was like I just had to know. I just had to get to know him, and now I love him to death. So yeah, everybody loves Richie. Whatever. <laughs> we love you too, Michael. We love you too. Richie's um, five-year-old started school for the first time last week, so it's a, a lot of oh, stuff going on right now. Oh my gosh! Oh, that's so exciting. That's yeah. amazing um well i mean michael corbin and i we could actually chat with you for many more hours but we want to be respectful of your time oh, we have I'm one <laughs> okay good good well we have one final thing that's really um we enjoy um uh, it's called your best, best bad, bad acting. acting so you're gonna have to go back to those new york days okay and now these this is not very long and actually it, this is the first time we've done it it's kind of two short quotes that we want to put together so you can kind of but you can have fun with this and I don't know why it, it, it came into my head, but you can read these quotes 
This is from Mary Poppins. And so I thought, I don't know why, I thought this would be good for you, Michael. And so you can do an accent, you can go over the top, you can sing, you can do whatever you want. We may give you a radio act. It's just to have fun. It's not okay. to be good. It's just, you know. So the point is, um, whenever, whenever you're ready, you can, you, can, you can go for it. First of all, I'd like to make one thing clear. I'd never explain anything. <laughs> That's so good. Okay, second one. Close your mouth, please, Michael. We are not a codfish. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I like that they each got different. See, you see why I love accents, Corbin? Thank yeah. you, Michael. That was amazing. So oh, my God. Those were so good. Um, I had to, we did a job years ago where there was three different people in the same scene with three different accents. When I was reading with the actors, I had to keep changing accents. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was a little obnoxious. Uh, but oh, my gosh. Yeah, but I, actually, I was telling Corbin that I feel like you read a lot with the actors, don't you? Yeah, you still, on the phone, yeah, time. Yeah. yeah, all the time. It, yeah, it, it's not me; it's Richie. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it, I love that. You know what? You it's a shorthand way of yeah. uh, seeing is the actor listening? Is uh, you know, if I start to go in a different direction than you expected, are you going to listen? Are you going to go? Oh, that's the key, guys. Listen, 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 listen. And uh, I mean, and so I I get to know quickly about that and um and i also love it it's totally fun to do so yeah. it's exhausting but it's also fun so i love it i love it corbin did you have any type of redirect for michael on that this is your one chance buddy before yeah. you brings yeah. you into an audition where <laughs> he starts flying you. them at me <laughs> yes yes i think i want to i want to see it as if you were explaining to richie <laughs> on his first day <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's do the second one, but throw in Richie there too. Yeah, you yeah, can yeah. do them both, but, but throw in Richie instead of Michael. That's funny. We'll send this to him. Close your mouth, please, Michael. <laughs> not a codfish. <laughs> no, but put Richie in there instead of Michael. Now. Say Richie. Oh, Richie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Close your mouth, please, Richie. We're not a codfish. <laughs> Richie's gonna type in a call in and be like, "That's no. too close to home. No, I don't like it. I don't like it." The watch doesn't go. God damn it! <laughs> so you know, Richie has uh, 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 Richie. I first saw in a production of Spelling Bee at UCLA. It's the first time I met him, and I said to him afterwards, "I said you have an elastic face." <laughs> He's like, "I want to work with this guy." Richie has a very large mouth, and uh, yeah. His yeah. face has now settled in as he's gotten a little older to his mouth, but it was all mouth. <laughs> it was all mouth. <laughs> funny that you said the codfish line is really yeah. important. Whatever. Early on when I met Corbin, he was a sarcastic ass to me. Yeah, so yeah. sometimes people, their I first impression, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then he grew up and they mature. You have to give them time to I, mature. I did have know? to apologize to you after yeah, that. You, you did, you did. That's all right. I could relate to that. I can relate to that. The so, people go, ooh, oh, I messed up. Exactly. <laughs> So that was the, it was fine. It was fine. Um, Michael, this has been amazing. Like I said, I mean, you, you are, um, what's the phrase? A font of knowledge fountain. I don't know what it is. Um, you, but seriously, I mean, actors, I know love you. The, pr the production side loves you. We all love you. And it's just so wonderful that, you know, you're doing this and that there's so much passion in you. It really, it's, it's, it's really starting to produce now too. So that's yeah. wonderful. Great. Oh my gosh. Jeez, that's three things i'm producing right now so yeah she's workaholic oh, congratulations congratulations <laughs> yeah. and teaching at usan and pepperdine and yeah just, i don't know it's just, oh it, my gosh you if, it all. 
Good for you. Uh, Michael, if people want to like, um, is Instagram the best or web, like what's the best way if they want to kind of follow or is, is that not, not your world? You know, Richie's, Richie does the social media. I don't. Yeah. So yeah, you can do all that. He'll, he'll, okay. he'll follow up. Uh, yeah. You, yeah. you can snail mail. Uh, yeah. But fine. also, Michael, you're out there. You're you're teaching. Yeah. You're you're producing. You're casting. So like you're you're out there. Like that's one thing I Art definitely have seen right now. That's, exactly. I, we have, I think in October we'll have eight shows running. Wow. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. That's... I'm also going. That means I got to get eight shows together. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> but congratulations the success is, is richly deserved you know because you work hard michael and you, you do a good job so people people want to work with you again and again so absolutely john that. you're a lovely guy it's always a pleasure uh, and uh just john's also a lovely actor so i'm i have you scheduled for something don't i you, you do yeah for the um mm. uh i've got it right here actually the um death trap which i'd death never trap. heard of death oh. trap you don't so, know yeah. death trap? <gasps> no and so i just i just went on and and like the name feels like a horror movie or something and yeah. so i went on and i just saw the trailer with christopher reeve and michael kane oh, and i was oh, like yeah. what is this it's, a, is it's this? Uh, the longest running comedy thriller in broadway history on broadway yes uh, and uh it's a pretty brilliant play and uh all kinds of intrigue it's funny it's scary yeah. it's uh uh it's really a terrific play so yes um, if you don't get it come see it because it's really it's really no i i would i would uh yeah i know i would love to i'm i'm, yeah. I'm excited and I, I always love like that was, that was new to me new to my world and so i would love doing the research and figuring out and be like oh this yeah. sounds really really cool and very you know, controversial so. at the time uh christopher uh was doing superman it was the height of his fame and and he played uh we won't say what the relationship with him and Michael Caine. Yes, but there was like subtext. There was subtext. I was reading about that. Yeah, more than subtext. <laughs> <laughs> no more than subtext. But yeah. I love. Yeah, sounds really interesting. Really yeah. interesting. So, uh, yeah. um, but yes. So Michael is. If you get on his radar, he becomes a fan in a good way, and you know he's there for support. So, but Michael, this was lovely. We appreciate you. We ha you being on here. Thank you. Thanks again for all your all your wisdom and stuff. And, and Corbin, better see your butt at some of my auditions. I would love to. Yeah, yeah it was great meeting you. <laughs> yeah, all right. Awesome. All right. Thank you, Michael. Thanks, Thanks guys. Thank you for listening to the Moon and Spotlight Podcast.